One man had held her hand in a movie, and her stomach had flipped over. What should she do? Be yourself, he advised. Do what feels natural. Call the furnace man. Tell Dorothy I'll help her with her math when I visit Saturday. If I had a gun, some nights I'd shoot myself. That's why they have firearms control laws, he told her reassuringly, wondering then why she wasn't reassured for she began to cry into the telephone. He tried to follow her reasoning, but gathered only the shadowy impression that she loved him, which he felt to be a false impression from previous fieldwork as her husband. Anyway, what could he do about it now? Nothing, Mrs. Saper snapped, adding, You're grotesque. Then, with that stoic elegance she still possessed and he still admired, she hung up. Mammae, he read, are specialized sweat glands. A hair is a specialized scale. When a mammal's body gets too hot, each hair lifts up so the air can reach the skin. The bizarre arsinoetherium, superficially like a rhinoceros but anatomically in a class by itself, may be distantly related to the tiny furry hyrax found in nooks of Asia and Africa. The saber-toothed tiger was probably less intelligent than a house cat. Its knife tooth was developed to prey on other oversized mammals and couldn't have pinned a rabbit. Rabbits have been around a long time, though nothing as long, of course, as the crocodile and the horseshoe crab. Sapers thought of those saber teeth and of the mastodon's low-crowned molars with the enamel in a single layer on top which were superseded by the mammoth's high-crowned molars, which never wore out, the enamel distributed in vertical plates, and he tried to picture the halfway tooth or the evolutionary steps to baleen. And his thoughts wandered pleasantly to the truth that the whale and the bear and the man are late, late models, aravistes in the fossil record. What is there about a bear that we love him? his flat, archaic feet. The amblypods are coming back. There was a delicate message Sapers could almost make out, a graffito scratched on the crumbling wall of time. His mistress called, shattering the wall. She loved him. She told him so. He told her vice versa, picturing her young anatomy, her elongate thighs, her small, smooth head, its mane, her spine, her swaying walk, and wondering, mightn't his middle-aged body break, attempting to cater to such a miracle? She told him of her day, her boredom, her boring job, her fear that he would go back to his wife. Why would I do that? he asked. You think I'm too crass? I get so frightened. You're not especially crass, he reassured her. But you are young. I'm old, relatively. In fact, I'm dying. Wouldn't you like to get a nice, youngish lover, with a single, grisly horn, like a modern-day rhinoceros, one of the few surviving parasodactyls? He was offering to divert her, but she kept insisting on her love, his bones crunching at every declaration. Rhinoceroses, he learned, when at last she had feasted enough and hung up, had been backed with unguarded enthusiasm by the investment councils of the life force. Some species had attained the bulk of several elephants. 
There had been running rhinoceroses, long-legged, rather slender-bodied, and amphibious rhinoceroses, neither of them the ancestor of the true rhinoceros. That honor belonged to hornless Trigonia, with his moderate size, stocky body, fourteen toes, and very conservative, sapers could hear Markman impatiently sighing, dentition. What is this prejudice in favor of progress? The trouble with his mistress, Sapers decided, was that she had too successfully specialized, was too purely a mistress, perfect but fragile, like a horse's leg, which is really half-foot, extended and whittled and tipped with one amazing toenail. The little Eohippus, in its forest of juicy soft leaves, scuttled like a raccoon. And even Mesohippus, though as big as a collie, kept three toes of each foot on the